Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our buddy Mark Saxon is with us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Of course, you hear uh, Mark here on 101 ESPN, and you read his great work in The Athletic. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? It's, it's good to be with, uh, with you with the new combinations and everything. Well, we're excited to have you. When are we going to play baseball? <laughs> My goodness. That is a complicated question, man. Isn't it? Uh, you know, there's just so many scenarios you can come up with that would sort of torpedo this thing and it's great that they're negotiating hard to get the money done now and then they'll get the health protocols in place and let's hope it does happen um but the more you read and i'm not talking about baseball news i'm talking about science and what experts are saying there's a good chance for a rebound in the fall and so i think maybe the the biggest question of all is could they actually get you know, the 82 games in, would there maybe be another outbreak on the back end? So there's a whole lot of possibilities, but, you know, I guess what I would say is, like everybody else, let's hope they can get a baseball season in or, or part of one. Mark, do you, when you're reading all of the comments that are coming out between the Players Association and the owners and you see that it's going to essentially come down to money, is that something that you think that they can overcome or do you think that we're in real jeopardy of money being the reason why baseball wouldn't come back in 2020? I do think typically in negotiations at the beginning is when you're going to have the sides furthest apart and and kind of lobbying, you know, uh, allegations at each other. Um, I think the owners are more sophisticated about it because what they do is they sort of leak their, you know, latest proposals and then the players have to publicly react to it. And so then everybody jumps on the player who puts his name behind his comments and he ends up looking bad. Blake Snell, I think, would be the latest example of that. But I do think that they will be able to overcome this this financial thing. You know, really, the owners did make that deal when it was entirely possible that there would be no fans in the stands, at least for the beginning. So it does look a little bit disingenuous to then come back and ask for further concessions. Um, So we'll see, but I do think that most players will vote for it eventually when it eventually gets done. I think, for me, a more interesting question is, what if one or two or 10 star players says, you can't force me to do this, this is my health you're talking about, and just doesn't play. What if it's Blake Snell? What if it's Clayton Kershaw? Who knows? But that would be a little bit awkward, too, to have some of the best stars not playing. That that doesn't necessarily help the product. It doesn't, but it didn't in the 40s when guys were away in the military either and baseball was able to come through on the other side and wind up being pretty good. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. And, and I think that also brings up another thing, and that is, could you appeal to the players, Randy, by saying, don't do it for the owners. Don't even do it for your team. Do it for the do it for your country. You know, we could all use having baseball games on in the evening, and I think that would be the best appeal to the players 
Um, unfortunately, right now, there's not a lot of goodwill with the owners and the players. So, you know, that, that part could get contentious. But ultimately, I think they'll just have to decide if, if they want to be part of kind of us getting back to normal or close to normal. Saxe, I wanted to ask you about Yadier Molina. Marley Rivera posted a conversation that she had with Yadi saying that, hey, when my contract is expired with the Cardinals, while I would love to finish out my career in St. Louis, if we aren't able to come to a resolution, I am open to playing elsewhere. Do you think that the market would be big for Yadi's services? Because Mar- Marley did say that after she posted her conversation with Yadi that several teams texted her to say, do you think there's really truth behind this? Do you think that he would be willing to leave St. Louis? Because she thinks that there would be a lot of teams interested in Molina services. I do think there'd be a ton of teams interested in Molina services. Just his reputation. I, I've covered other teams and heard you know perspectives on him. Just he's viewed as a guy who absolutely helps you win. Very much, you know, a guy who doesn't. And he he said this in some of his conversations with Marley. They have a great relationship. That it's all about winning, and you see that with how he plays. On the other hand. Would it be anywhere close to what he's accustomed to playing for? I think that's a big question. When all this settles out, you're going to have teams in pretty bad financial shape, especially teams who aren't making a big chunk of their revenue on TV, and that would include the Cardinals. The gate is still about 50% from, for the average team. So free agency is going to be in a lot of trouble, um, not only this off season, but potentially for the next couple to come. So... Yeah, I think it's possible Yachty would have a lot of interest, but the numbers might be really, really different by the time this all comes about. Mark Saxon with us on 101 ESPN. There was a great piece a couple of days ago in The Athletic about tales of locker room interviews gone wrong. Tell us your story about an interview that you did with Jason Isringhausen. Uh, yeah, you guys are like this if you know Izzy, and I, I know you guys probably do to some extent. Um, so this was before he came to St. Louis when he was still in Oakland. And he had kind of not had not been a reliever that long. But I had an off-day feature to do for the next day. That's what you do if you're a newspaper reporter. You always got to plan for an open date that you have something in the paper about the team. We were in Minneapolis at the old uh, Metrodome. And he had just gotten to the A's. And we sat down for a long conversation. And he went into all these crazy things he did with the Mets where he was always getting in trouble. He jumped out of like a third-floor window to go to his girlfriend's house or something and broke his ankle. Anyway, all these crazy things he did when he was young. And I'm like, man, this is going to make for a really colorful, fun piece. Get up to walk away. Go, you know, leave the clubhouse. I got my story for the next day. He yells across the clubhouse. I don't want none of that stuff in the paper. (laughs) I don't know what he thought I was uh, writing it all down for, but there goes my story. I actually walked across the room and negotiated to keep a few of the items in there so I was able to get something <laughs> in the paper. But it was, I was crestfallen at the moment. And then when uh, ultimately all the stories wound up coming out anyway, right? They did, absolutely. Because, you know, Jason is a guy, he's a friendly guy, super nice guy. He, he talks and he's colorful and it all came out eventually. But it was one of those moments it's like, my God, what's going on here? What was the story that you negotiated with him to keep in the paper? What was the best nugget that you were able to get and put into print? I think he was playing softball on a team sponsored by a local Florida strip club. And I think I was able to get that one in there. But the the crazier stuff didn't all get in there. But it, it was good enough where people read it and were entertained and learned a little bit about something. 
about Izzy when he was very young, by the way. Now I know he's a he's a family man and everything has changed, but he, he was kind of a wild child as a young man. And he was always one of those go-to guys as a closer because he he was fine after he would allow a game-winning home run. Did you have a player, and you've covered multiple teams, do you have one or two players that stick out for you that were your favorite to deal with on a regular basis? And it's not just, for people that aren't aware of it, we it's not just especially from a writer's standpoint, just interviewing them after games, but it's before games and just cutting it up with players in the clubhouse. Did you have anybody that st- stuck out for you? Yeah, several actually that jump out. Tory Hunter was just so fun to be around. You know, I-, I covered him in Anaheim. Just a big personality, loved people. You know, he was one of these guys a reporter would walk over and it wasn't like, oh, God, i got to take time out of my day to talk. He was actually genuinely gr- glad to see you. So he's a guy who sticks out for me. A.J. Ellis, the catcher, you guys may remember, just a a really bright guy, fun to engage with. Um, Paul Goldschmidt, i got to single him out because, again, when you're a superstar player, there there are so many people, you know, grabbing at at your time. And Paul Goldschmidt, every single day, is in the clubhouse available for interviews. Now, is he a colorful interview? No, but he's always a gentleman. He's just... He's just a very easy guy to kind of be around, and I, I think I should say that. I just very much appreciate that, that you know, arguably the best player on this team really sets a tone of just respect and, and I think fundamental decency. Did you ever get a chance to cover Tony Gwynn? I did. I, not, not, not around him on a regular basis, but when I covered the NL West, you always had to go over there because he was always you know threatening to hit 400 or something crazy. And just incredibly, I, I'm sure you were around him quite a bit too, Randy. Yeah. Just a really, really nice man. And just one of those guys, the Padres would come into town once or twice a year and he'd remember your name and he was gregarious and fun. I really enjoyed him. And then locally, Bob Tewksbury, was, and he's still around, he's working with the Cubs now, but one of the nicest people that you could ever meet. That is so great to hear. And I think he's doing, uh, I don't know if he has a psychology degree, but he does a lot of mental coaching, right? right? And that's cool. Yeah. Hey, always good to be uh, with you on the air. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, guys. Good talking to you.